Hey everyone, this is Nicole Snow. I'm the founder and CEO of Darn Good Yarn. And today uh, you're listening to our Made with Love experiment. And this is really just my weird little idea I had one day to connect all of you with the crafters and makers that make Darn Good Yarn run and other entrepreneurs in our maker community. Um, and this is really just our outreach to try to show people what it really means to have it all. So we have so many things in our lives where we're told like, this is what business should look like. And one of the really amazing uh, benefits of working with makers and, um, and our darn, darn darn community is that I get to interview people and show the world what it means to have it all on your own terms and make it your own. Um, so today on our show, it's about a half hour show. So hopefully you can, maybe you're hopping on the treadmill right now. That's what I like to do with podcasts. Um, I have Hannah Hutchinson with me. She's down in Raleigh, North Carolina. Is that how you say that, Hannah? Ra is, you say Raleigh, right? Raleigh, yes. Yes, yes. I knew as soon as I said that, I'm like, I definitely mispronounced that because I'm a Yankee, so <laughs> I butcher everything. Um, and you have, uh, you own your business, Crafty Fox Crochet. Right, yes. So, so I'd love to hear more about this. From what I, from what I know so far, um, you started in 2014. Um, and I always like to remind everyone that when we're doing these, tell us really, and don't be afraid to describe exactly what you're making. Because again, like a lot of people like to cook and they're on their treadmills to so describe exactly what the work you're doing and tell us all about Crafty Fox Crochet. Okay. So back in 2014, um, I had actually just graduated college um, whenever I kind of stumbled upon rediscovering my love for crochet. I had learned back whenever I was a small child, um, but it was something that I hadn't carried on into my adult life. Um, so upon graduating college, I was kind of trying to look for my new career and pathway and such and was really struggling. And crochet was just something that I kind of latched on to um, kind of as a crutch to um, get through I mean, becoming being a young adult is just very difficult anyway. So it was kind of nice to have something um, positive to just kind of lean on and grow with. Um, so crochet was really that for me. Um, it didn't start out with the intent with the intent that it would become a business type thing. Um, it started out my friends they were actually getting married and. Um, I was very adventurous thinking, oh, I'll make them a blanket. I haven't crocheted in a very long time. I can do this. And Neil would say the blanket was never finished. <laughs> and, <laughs> I've started those blankets. I have plenty of them in my house. <laughs> I've never made a blanket since or tried to. <laughs> it's not my thing. Um, but that's kind of how it started. Um, I went to the store, got some sheep yarn, and dug out my hooks that I still had from whenever I was um a kid and i found those hidden away at my parents house and i kind of just rolled with it and realized that people were really interested in what i was doing um, especially i started making the um, crocheted animals and stuff that people hadn't seen before um, so it really um got people's attention and it was just it just kind of took off from there and evolved into eventually opening an etsy shop um, I've sold at a few retail places, uh, just local shops, and I do a lot of festivals in person. So I kind of am all over the place, and that's kind of how I like it. <laughs> um, but I I primarily do amigurumi type things, but I, I do 
um, some hats and scarves and things like that. But the crochet animals is really what I'm known for, I guess. Yeah, you've made some great projects here at Darn Good Yarn. Before we hop into those, what did you study at school? I actually went to school to um, for media studies, which is kind of a broad um, TV, film, that kind of thing. Actually, after college, I worked as a journalist for um, about a year and decided it really wasn't my thing. <laughs> and um, I'm actually a realtor now, so I'm kind of just switching gears and, and getting that started this past summer um and oh, crochet just, thank you and crochet is just kind of carried on over with all of my job hopping and, and such as well <laughs> yeah you know it's funny you were talking about um in your early 20s and like i i can really relate to what you're saying because like what the hell do kids know in their early 20s <laughs> how to classify us as an adult is still terrifying to me but I like I used to deal with like massive amounts of depression in my early twenties, right. and it was crafting. I always went like I would have no money, and I would find the cheapest craft materials I could possibly find, and I would craft, and that it was just it was such a grounding force for me. And um, right. you know, I, your story is not uncommon. Like I, I've heard this time and time again from people, you know, and it's usually in their early twenties that they they're dealing with like some weird stuff and just sort of like figuring out this adulting thing. Right. And I, I know that for for me personally, depression was something that I struggled with definitely in my early 20s, even up to today. Um, about two years ago, I kind of started to get a handle on things um, with some help with doctors and such like that. So I try to kind of advocate that you don't have to go to a doctor, but if you feel that something is not quite right, then to talk to somebody um and that's just really important and i know there's a lot of other makers that have kind of promoted that idea too that using your craft is a really good way and a good tool to combat some of that anxiety and depression that i mean so many of us are are dealing with that and it's okay to talk about um, but definitely it's okay to reach out to others and and really dive into that kind of feeling yeah we're all we're all it's, doing it. <laughs> it's so cool. And it's refreshing to hear someone as open as like to be as open as it as you are, because I think one, it takes a ton of um, courage to talk about something as severe as depression. And I've always been super vocal about it too. Um, you know, talking about my past experiences, people are like, how did you start trying to be And I'm like, well, funny, you should ask. It started for me like sobbing at my desk every day. Um, <laughs> so, and then there is, there is like kind of that harsh reality to it. But, you know, in terms of makers and, and people making things for other people, I, oh, I like to always think about therapy because you talk about therapy and sometimes you can't right. self your way out of, out of things and you do need that little bit of guidance. Um, and I like, and I don't know if you have, have felt this too, but, you know, going to therapy and sometimes even just getting a check-in, it's like another tool. It's like having another crochet hook. And like, I don't want to make it as simplistic as that, but like, it's just, you're just putting more tools in your, your tool, toolkit essentially, right? So that you can handle right. things that happen. Um, and that's like, I, I always, like, I always see makers like, they kind of feel like we always have this do-it-yourself entrepreneurial thing going on. But right. Then, but yeah, something you still have to order the tools though. Like you still need the tools. You can't go whittle everything, right? And make it in your backyard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I mean, so, I think for 2019, I think one of my goals is to start doing the therapy, kind of doing talk therapy with somebody. Um, I kind of like to refer to it as you don't want to wait until you get to your bottom to start therapy. You kind of want to start it while you're still in a good place. So then you can keep in check that way. So now that I'm, I am in a good place right now, but I think it would be beneficial to still do something like that. So yeah, that might be one of my goals for this year. I always find if I'm bitching too much to like my mom and <laughs> you know, our conversations get a little too deep, that's usually like my leading indicator. <laughs> You know, and, and I, and I, you know, we're, we're, and this is what I love about this podcast because it goes in so many different directions. And I, and I think it's, you know, at least for me, it's refreshing. Hopefully for our listeners, it's refreshing too. Cause like we go from like breastfeeding to, you know, talking about these very, you know, these are all things that we all deal with every day. And this is part right. of the process to have us all lead the best lives that we can possibly lead. And I think having these very real conversations is, is so important. I personally, um, I use an app um, to get hooked up with, a th- like I, you get to choose a therapist and um, the, the rates are actually very reasonable versus getting in your car and going to a doctor's office, which like who wants to really do that? Um, right. <laughs> but I just, I seriously log on to an app like once a week, once every other week. And I talk to a therapist and you can do like video calls with them. And it's like, it's been transformative for me just because of the time commitment also involved, you know, monetarily and then the time commitment have really been minimized in that way. So right. Just throw I think that accessibility out. is is really important these days yeah. with with everything. So let's switch gears a little bit here. I want to and you know if anyone has questions about this, you know, feel free to reach out to our team. Um, we can we're happy to provide resources at Darned Yarn. I'll make sure to talk to Phil who's uh, in charge of our customer service. But we can give you all those links. I'm happy to always share that with our listeners. Um, like you know what has worked in our community. Um, so you know in terms of and I can never say this word. And the big joke is like. Amigurumi. I can, I said it right, <laughs> right? Did I say it right? Amigurumi, yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've I, had people, oh, yeah, go ahead. I've go heard ahead. people call it origami before. <laughs> so it's, it's a hard one. <laughs> it is. I, um, I was actually looking just to like cross check myself to make sure I'm saying it correctly. Cause I, I just like, unless I'm really looking and studying the word, I can't say it. And then I went on Google just to cross check myself. There's over 10 million results for this. So obviously I'm not the only person out there that can't say. I mean, I might have been saying it wrong this whole time. Who knows? <laughs> no, no, no. You're saying it correctly. <laughs> You've made a couple of really cool patterns for us. And I'm going to tell you something. The little Christmas trees that you made for us are in my office still because I think they're friggin' awesome. Um, oh, I want to awesome. tell people about them. You have the, uh, the Amigurumi um, crochet cap pattern. And then you also have the, um, you have a Christmas tree crochet pattern. And the Christmas tree crochet pattern is like the bomb. I love it. And it's on your Instagram page. Why don't you tell people, like, describe a little bit. I'd love to hear, like, your process of how you'd say, like, okay, this is what I'm going to make out of this yarn. So I think the process really started as soon as um, I was sent what the yarn would look like. And I saw all the really bright colors, which is just, it's, I love bright colors. It gets me so excited. Um, kind of the muted earth tone colors, it doesn't do much for me. But as soon as I see 
all of the colors together and especially bright pinks and blues, um, it really gets my creativity started. Mm -hmm. um, so as soon as I saw the colors, I started to get kind of the Dr. Seuss mentality and wanted to do something a little less traditional. And I, I just kind of went from seeing what the yarn looked like and made some small sketches of what I kind of envisioned and then worked with the yarn to kind of get the shaping right. And then decorating the tree, of course, is always the most fun because you get to add, but you can add whatever you want. And mm -hmm. that's kind of what I was looking for was for people to be able to add their own self to it. And um, I think that's most important whenever you crochet something, it doesn't necessarily always have to look just like the pattern says it has to. I think it's good to have um, that ability to just put something that you want on there. And I think the tree kind of does that. Yeah, the tree, it was so, like, they were so unique. I remember when I saw the picture, I think initially, um, and I was like, oh my God, like, that's exactly what that yarn should have been this whole time. It's so <laughs> I get, I was so excited about it. And I, I just got inspired. <laughs> um, <laughs> So like when you, when you get yarns in um, and like you're thinking about making patterns for people, like I, I know we have a lot of pattern writers here. Walk me through the process. Like, so, you know, I know you just sort of described like what you did with the tree, right? And you're making a pattern for darn good yarn. Like, is that generally the process when you're looking to actually go out and sell a pattern on Etsy because your Etsy store is killing it right now. Like I'm looking at your stats here. You have 135 five-star reviews, like you're rated five stars, which is awesome. 564 sales. Like people would kill to have those sort of stats. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. So like, <laughs> I, I think, I think that you have a lot of people who are probably listening who are like, how the hell did you do that? And then the all, the other part is like, okay, how do you actually make this pattern yours? Um, so that it's like, you know, totally original and and you're working that angle of it as well. I think it's really hard sometimes because there is, there's so many pattern designers and um, I get a lot of my infer, um, inspiration from different places. I mean, it can just be sparked by something I see in the store and think, oh, that would be a great, it would be great as a crocheted item instead. And sometimes it, it just, comes to me in the middle of the night when you know whenever you're laying in bed and all of the ideas start flooding your head and you're you can't write them down fast enough and you can't sleep um that's kind of the process for me is usually laying down at night kind of scrolling on my phone or whatnot and I just see something and it kind of sparks some sort of and it can be completely unrelated to what the finished product actually comes out to be um, but it usually starts out with an idea in my head and then I kind of sketch it out, which I'm a horrible drawer, so the sketches are so bad, <laughs> but, um, I try to just get in my head how the best way to go about, um, making it easy to actually crochet it. Um, I, the thing that I really do in a lot of my patterns is to make sure that it is good for beginners that it's not overwhelming it's easy to read the formatting is just very just to the point um, of what you're supposed to do and i think that might be a lot of the, why i've had so much success with my patterns is that i do make it so easy to read um and that i make the designs very simple so they look they look great but 
whenever you actually go to do the pattern, you're like, wow, this is actually not that bad. And it's actually quite easy to do. And so it's not overwhelming to especially beginners. And I remember whenever I was a beginner and patterns, it was just very overwhelming for me at times, um, just the, the style of certain people. Right. And that's been one of my main goals is to kind of develop a style with my pattern designing and um, making it cohesive and so that everybody has a good experience. Yeah. What what tips do you have for like new crocheters who are looking to to get into this style of crochet? In terms of patterns? Like just in terms like if someone purchases a pattern from you, like because I, I you know, I, I I'm with you. Like I remember being a beginner and going like I think I'm making garter stitch, which is like a basic stitch in knitting, right? It's all knit stitch. Like I'm gonna be making garter stitch um scarves for the rest of my life like I don't have time I'm too freaked out to learn other patterns and like in other techniques like what kind of advice could you give someone who's sort of like on the fence and they're looking to like maybe learn a little bit more like maybe some projects that you should like that are even on your Etsy that you would steer them to first that are easy easy first takes I think an easy first take I have an owl pattern and it's actually um it's one, it's my go-to make whenever I do outdoor festivals and markets and that sort of thing because they sell very quickly because they're so simple, but they're also cute. So the owl, it's, it's just one crochet piece. And so you do the body and then you stuff it, put the eyes on and sew up the top and it's an owl. It's so easy. You can do them in probably 30 minutes. Oh, wow. And I think that's, that's a good project for beginners to start with because it's nice whenever you have a very short start to finish time so you're not overwhelmed and you're thinking oh my gosh when is this going to be done because we've all had those kind of projects where they just take forever. I feel like every one of those projects is one of those projects. <laughs> <laughs> they can be. <laughs> but I think that's a good good starter project that I would recommend to everyone and I mean it's something even whenever I want to do something mindless um, I just make owls and because I know later on I'll they're they're my biggest seller so I'm not it's not a time waste for me to just mm -hmm. sit watching tv late at night when I can't sleep it's just my go-to that I like to to make is the owls that's awesome so how do you um I'm always curious how do you choose the festivals that you participate with especially now that you're going you're you know you're taking on being a realtor as well which they tend to have crazy hours and maybe that's not like quite on the radar yet but in the past how have you chosen festivals and pairs to work with so I started out doing festivals that I grew up going to. There was one in Asheboro, North Carolina that I've been going to ever since I was little. Um, it's one that my parents used to set up at with um, their church and sell um, food and, and that sort of thing. So I, it was one that I was very familiar with the process and how to set up and I was very comfortable doing that. Um, with other ones, it's kind of just been trial and error. Some have not gone so great. <laughs> and so we just mark those off the list and move on to the next one. I do have some for 2019 that are going to be brand new to me. And it's a little, it gets my nerves going a little bit trying new things. But I mean, that's how you find the best um, is just by trial and error. And there's some good social media groups that you can find local um, festivals in your area. Um, there's some good tools out there for people to find stuff close to them. 
That's cool. How do you tend to price your items? That's, uh, man, I get that question all the time. Like I'm just starting off, you know, how do I price this? And, you know, people say they have calculators and stuff out there, but how do you do it? I struggle with this so much and I know everybody struggles with it. It's, there's no magic formula. They can say all day long that there's a formula online. I still just I don't think it's going to work for everybody, the calculator. For me personally, I, re I know that whenever I go to markets and festivals um, and I find something that's in my comfort price range, I get so excited and happy. And I kind of translate that onto the opposite side, being a seller, where I want people to have that feeling where this is in my price range and it's so cute and I can afford it and they don't feel guilty for buying it and so for me i do tend to price things on the cheaper end but it also is because my market is a little bit different than maybe places out west or up north um here i mean you just have to find your market what people are willing to pay and that kind of relates to real estate too because the market price is whatever somebody is willing to pay for it That's so exactly right. <laughs> so I could price my stuff at $200 a piece, but that's, I, that just doesn't work. <laughs> and so you have to kind of think about who is going to purchase it and go from there instead of trying to do all the math for it. It's more of a, a vibe and a feeling, I think. I think yeah, I think that's that's one of the healthiest, honestly, one of the healthiest um, entrances into in, into pricing that I've heard in a, in a while. It's refreshing to, to hear that because you're exactly right. Like know thy, know thine customer, but you know, you're going in it from like your own, your own shopping experience. I, I, I'm totally with you. Like I go to craft fairs and I'm like, okay, I have a hundred bucks I'm going to spend or it's, you know, I'm making up a random number and like this and that's it. And like, that's my budget. So like, okay, would I want to get maybe four things or three things with that money or whatever that looks like? Um, right. And then, and then, so you're saying kind of like back your product into what that price point looks like. And I, you know, versus, so then you're really starting to think about, okay, how much does, how much should my cost of materials truly be? How much of my time be truly into this? I'm guessing that's all going into that equation. Right. That's cool. That's, that's all. I love that. Um, <laughs> I think everyone listening who's a maker should completely take note of that. I know that, you know, I've personally done that even at Darn Good Yarn. Like I'm the same way. I, I actually consider myself the worst, one of the worst consumers in the world. Like I don't actually like buying anything. So I'm like you, like, you know, it really has to be a great value for me. And I want to feel like super stoked about what I'm getting too. So exactly. Cool. I always keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah it, it is there's so much of the sales portion of it that's it's it, it is a human like interaction and that like being able to read people and women do that so well and I, I don't think we like highlight that enough like women are natural salespeople, and it's not a dirty word it's it, it's you know you know we sell things to each other it's like how societies have been <laughs> um and like yeah and like you have that gist of someone right like you know, having, right. having that empathy, you know, you can even use the, the strong E word there, empathy um, of how someone can react, even when they're going in your booth and looking at prices and, and situating that for your company. That's all very important. And it's, you know, sometimes I think that's just like innate to, to, to some of us. Um, right. And you have to also remember, you can't please everybody. 
Um, there's no. always going to be the people that think they're going to a yard sale or a flea market and they want buy one, get one situations. And you have to kind of stand strong in that. And that's a struggle for a lot of makers, I think, because they want to sell as much as possible. So they try to wheel and deal and come out short. And I think it's important to kind of stand your ground. Um, your prices come from something. So mm -hmm. it may not work all the time, but you know, just kind of stand strong and with the prices that you come up with. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's great. What does, um, you know, you're, you're in a really cool time in your life right now. It sounds like, you know, you're, you're about to embark on this whole new career path and then you're going to have this side hustle going on. Um, what does having it all really mean to you? That is such a hard question. I know, right? Um, That's why we're here. <laughs> I think having it all is kind of, for me, having this personal balance of things, and that's so hard to achieve. And I know that um, kind of having my personal life and my crochet and my new career, it's hard to manage all that. So having it all is kind of, as long as I'm happy and I'm not in a this kind of rut where it sends my depression kind of spiraling down, then I think for me, that's kind of having it all is just being in a place of balance and happiness. Yeah. And I don't know if that is even close to <laughs> the answer that anybody is looking for, but I think that's the best that I can think of with having it all because that... I, I don't know. Well, that's, I think, that's a hard I think that's <laughs> and I think I think that's really honest because you're saying, you know, like, okay, this depression thing. I mean, it's a part of so many of our lives. I think some of us are maybe even in denial about it, but in right. terms of like, um, in terms of keeping depression in check, like I, I'm with you, dude. Like, you have to keep it balanced, and um, and that's difficult. And, and like, and, and the fact that you're just even saying like, you know, I'm working that into my plan. Like you're not looking like, Oh, I should have this Etsy store with thousands and thousands of sales and do this with my, my realty business and all like, you're kind of just saying, okay, like I'm going to kind of turn the focus back in inside um, and keep these things in check. And then have, you know, like I, I understand what you're saying. And I think that's like a really healthy way to look at it. That is what it means to have it all. Because you're not running yourself yeah. off the rails. It's like you're not overcorrecting, yeah. and then like, oh my god, I'm like super depressed, and now I have to like kind of hide under my the the, the covers for a few weeks. And, then yeah. have to redo and I think that's something that I've really struggled with. Whenever um, I didn't have, I wasn't a realtor, and I was kind of in between jobs and such. I felt this pressure that I had to make this work for mm -hmm. um, that time in my life, and I was working myself basically to death trying to make as much as I could post as much as I could posting to social media every single day and a lot of people might wonder why I'm not very consistent in how much I post on Instagram and it's because sometimes I just don't want to <laughs> yeah. and that's okay and that's something that took me a really really long time to be okay with that it's okay that you don't post this week you can post next week and you don't always have to be doing this as long as you're happy. And I mean, posting to social media, it makes me happy. And sometimes it doesn't, you know, and it's just finding that balance and coming to terms with just be happy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. Like there's sometimes I just 
turn off the social media and it's like exactly like my iphone it gives you like the screen thing at the end of the week like this is how you did and it's like no minutes on social media i'm like yeah (laughs) (laughs) those are generally my best weeks (laughs) (laughs) so like what are you so you talked about like some goals for 2019 like what are you absolutely determined to do this year so this year, I'm going to get back into some of, I haven't wrote out a pattern in a while. And mm-hmm. so that's something that I kind of had to put down for a little while and take a break from. Um, the The Christmas tree, that was kind of a, a fun thing for me to do. Um, I think the last pattern I did was um, a bunny voodoo doll for my Etsy shop. Um, mm-hmm. But I haven't done anything since then. And I think it's time to get the creativity going to think of what I want to do next and uh, make time for that. Um, It's been kind of hard. The fall and winter season is really hard to get things like that done because I'm making so much product for festivals and stores and and things like that. Um, I think one of my other goals for this year is to, I'm actually working as of last week, I'm going to be working with a local boutique to add some of my inventory to their store. So I'm really excited about that to get um, kind of a list going of things I want to put in there that I think would do really well. And they also have a space to um, host classes. So that might be something that I eventually venture into is doing some crochet classes. That's, that sounds awesome. Like a, a really nice diversification. So you can kind of go, you know, kind of do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's how I like it. I'm just kind of all over the place. Sometimes I don't have a plan. Half the time I don't stick to a plan, even if it exists. So that's kind of just how I how I roll. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to being human. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, and looking at things and wrapping things up. So if you could have a do over in life, what would you do differently at this point? I mean, you're just like right out of college, really. I mean, like we, you know, the rest of us who are a little bit older in our thirties plus, you know. But you know, it, <laughs> looking at looking at college and, and looking back, like, is there anything that you would do differently? Like, oh, I wish I had the knowledge of that to maybe study something different or choose a different path. Huh. that's really difficult too. I think a lot of that too would be on the kind of the emotional side. Was mm-hmm. I spend I think everybody, when you're in your early 20s, you spend all this time worrying about the future and what's going to come next. I think I would probably go back and worry a little bit less because of how things have worked out so well for Mm -hmm. me. I think if I had known then what I'm doing now, that I wouldn't have been in such a sour place and as down and defeated all the time. Um, But part of being down and defeated is that I kind of grew differently, I think, than some people do. Mm-hmm. And I'm more in tune with my feelings and emotions. So it's really hard to say that I would change anything. Um, but I do think that a lot of 20 year olds kind of need to hear that we all grow at our own pace and things happen on different times, different timelines. Um, and you just need to stop comparing yourself to everybody else that's the same age as you and they might seem more successful or they may have traveled more, but it's, you don't have this definite timeline that you have to stick to. 
do you ever turn off like social media, like what we were talking about? Or are there any mechanisms to kind of protect yourself from all of those external forces? So, like, yeah, I don't. I don't I, like I I mean I I know for me like I see like other businesses and I'm like oh my god how did they freaking do like I'm a loser man <laughs> like <laughs> turn it off because I get totally down like we I think it's like I yeah think we you all have those moments yeah <laughs> believe me I'm 36 I'm like I I do it happens to me all the time <laughs> I definitely turn off Facebook a lot I don't scroll through Facebook um because it's very depressing <laughs> just with news stuff that's one of the reasons why i'm no longer a journalist is because it's not a very happy field to be <laughs> um yeah. and then you know i enjoy seeing what people do with their lives and such but i don't need my life to be so saturated in that information all the time so it's good to step away from social media um with instagram it's a little different for me because i only follow on my instagram accounts that relate to crafting and makers and crochet and that sort of thing so it's more of my happy place to go to because it gives me inspiration and there's more positivity i think on instagram versus facebook yeah, so it's one place where i'm okay with being on more often yeah i'm totally i'm totally with you on that well this has been a lot of fun i always like to end our shows with um with this one question, if anyone's been listening for a while, they know what it is, but what's the best advice you've ever been given either um, professionally or personally? So I think I have a couple things that kind of come to my mind. One is something that my grandfather actually always told me. Um, and most of the stories that he's ever told was it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And that's carried on throughout all aspects of my life professionally personally whenever you're in a relationship with someone um it's not what you say it's how you say it and you can get your point across differently just by changing your tone and then on a, a business standpoint um how you explain things how you present yourself it's just it's all in what you say um mm -hmm. how you say it at the same time um yeah. The other thing would definitely be, I love the concept of community over competition. Um, and I think Instagram, the maker community there is really amazing to be a part of because of that. There's a lot of um, positivity, encouragement. Um, whenever I know whenever I've been in a, in a slump, I have gone to Instagram and just talked to some people, some other makers. How do you get out of this slump? How are you doing it? And find out they're in the same boat. And it's not, you don't see that because they're posting regularly. Um, you don't really, you have to see what's behind the actual post. And you do that with talking to them. And you find out that you have so much in common with everybody. And I think that's something that I would recommend to makers is to really talk to other makers and you'll learn so much. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, I completely agree with that. Like I'm, always like even when in business and, and people are like you know oh let's do a competitive analysis that's like the first thing they teach you at business school i guess <laughs> and um i'm like man i'm like i like that's not how i like to approach things because in some way it's like okay then i'm kind of going after someone who's trying to put food on their table like i think i'm good enough i can do my own thing like i don't I, and it's not being cocky it's just like i have faith in my creativity that we don't have to be competitive we can there really right. is an opportunity of community we could build everyone could build each other up like it's um 
I think that's one of like the, the, I don't want to say sad, but like kind of the weird things like capitalism and things like that get weird raps because of competition. And it just, it's not like it, for the most part, at least in the maker community, you don't see that. I think as much as you do in other communities, like it's, it really is a community. There's a community component, just like what you're talking about. Like if you ask and you're having issues out there, I think people are happy to do experience shares and, and help right. you. I've never once, I've never had somebody ever turn me down from asking for advice. They've always been very eager and happy that I reached out to them. That's cool. That's cool. Well, this has been really inspiring. Hopefully it's been inspiring for some of you all listening. Um, we're going to post all of Hannah's um, where you can find her on Etsy and Instagram. Your Instagram, by the way, is off the hook. Your pictures are so bright. Thank and you. Happy. It looks <laughs> like you never have a um, cloudy day in Raleigh. See, I said it correctly. <laughs> Um, but but seriously, like, we've had many. <laughs> no, it looks awesome. I just love it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this has been a, a lot of fun. Um, like I said, we'll post all the links, and uh, I really appreciate you being part of this. Yeah, thanks for having me.